Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to another season of the Gridcoin Fireside. It's been like three years, four years, and this is our first season <laughs> transition. Today, we are going to be resetting everything with the launch of Fern, which is Gridcoin 5.0, which is essentially Gridcoin 1.0 because it's a brand new code base with some brand new tech in there that's gonna let us do some really cool stuff. So in this reset, we're gonna take this opportunity to uh, give you the lowdown of Gridcoin, uh, why it is, what it is, how it is, and where it might go. So if you don't know what Gridcoin is, definitely stick around. This episode is for you to listen to. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so without doing any of the news stuff, without any of that nonsense, we're just going to jump right into it because the only news is Fern came out. We have some of the most amazing dedicated developers in this community because they are here working for freaking science. And science is one of the easiest things for anyone to get behind because it is the only thing that improves the standard of living for everything. So... That's why they're here, and that's why they chugged through some of the worst spaghetti code that anyone has ever seen to rewrite the entire code base so we can move forward without the team requirement. If you don't know what the team requirement is, congratulations, you're joining Gridcoin after the team requirement was removed. <laughs> so what is Gridcoin? And anyone here, feel free to jump in with your mics or through the text chat and anyone listening, you are welcome to join us every Friday at 3.30 p.m. where we will be breaking down Gridcoin and how it can help the scientific system. But what is it? What is Gridcoin? Gridcoin is a piece of technology. It is a protocol. It is a ledger. It is a currency. It is an, uh, uh, an open economic system. It is a network and it is a community. And all of these things, these concepts tie into the technology, which is blockchain distributed ledger, right? You've heard these words before, I'm sure, uh, but what the hell are they? So Gridcoin at its core uh, runs off of, runs on top of this decentralized computing platform called Boink. Boink stands for the Berkeley Open Infrastructure for Networked Computing. You may have used Boink before if you've ever heard of SETI at Home which was this project where anyone around the world could use their computer to search for aliens that started in like 1999. That was Boink. Uh, so this distributed computing infrastructure, distributed computing being taking a massive scientific problem that requires a lot of computational power to solve and breaking it into little chunks and sending those chunks around to uh, individuals' computers. So like your PC, your cell phone or whatever, sending it around to thousands, millions, billions of those machines, having each one of those machines solve a little piece of the puzzle, and then sending the result back to the person or the group that uh, sent out the problem in the first place, and then compiling everyone's separate answers and coming up with a complete answer at the end of the day. So this process of distributed computing has been used to develop better chemicals for solar panels, uh, it has been used to model weather. It has been used to render graphics. It has been used to discover pulsars. It has been used to attempt to discover aliens. Uh, it's been used to discover black holes. It's been used to develop foundational science, particularly biotech. So like discovering proteins, analyzing receptors in the human body, uh, uh, like finding markers in DNA that make you more likely or less likely to have cancer. Um, it's been used to crack uh, 
the Enigma codes from World War II. It actually cracked every single one that wasn't cracked during World War II. We finished that project for them. That's pretty cool. Uh, it's used to develop encryption. It's used to do giant math problems, search for prime numbers. It can be used for basically anything in science and math and a lot more too. Uh, so that's Boink. Boink is this infrastructure on which you can run distributed computing projects. What's more, Boink is a permissionless infrastructure. That means that anyone can jump on Boink, whether they're a scientist, a citizen scientist, a organization, a government, or just some, some person with a laptop in their closet and some data to crunch, crunching meaning sending it through that distributed computing process, uh, anyone can jump onto Boink and make a distributed computing project. And once you do that, you have access to one of the largest supercomputers in the world because Boink is one of the largest supercomputers in the world. It is in the top five uh, regularly, and it has essentially always been in the top five. Uh, that's huge. Um, and that permissionless aspect of it is also unique to Boink. There are other distributed computing platforms, not infrastructure, but platforms. Uh, a great example of a wonderful project that does great uh, medical uh, uh, research using distributed computing is uh, Folding at Home. Folding at Home is currently the largest supercomputer in the world. Uh, they managed to get the support of some massive organizations, though. That's it's like crazy, the amount of work they've been doing to get people into distributed computing at large. Massive respect to them. But they're not permissionless. If you want to host your data on their platform, you have to go to the guys who run the, pro, the, the platform and say, here's my data. Can you host it? And they will either say, yeah, sure, give us your data. They will say, yeah, sure, give us some money, and then give us your data. They will say, yeah, sure, but only for five minutes. Or they will say, no, get the hell out of here. Right? They got a couple options, but they have control. They get to say what happens. With Boink, there's no one that can do that. You just jump on and you use the infrastructure, and then it is your responsibility to convince the people who are donating their, their computations to Boink to crunch your project. Crunching, again, being the term we use to uh, describe that whole distributed computing process. Uh, so it is, and, and that aspect, by the way, that, that forcing scientists to teach people why their science is of value, we're going to come back to that later. That is a huge, huge thing. Uh, so that is Boink, and Gridcoin runs on top of Boink. So what Gridcoin does, let's take a step back here. Within Boink, there's this concept I'm sure many people know of. It's called gamification, and it's essentially keeping score of stuff. So the more crunching I do for Boink projects, the more uh, points I get under my account. And uh, we can measure those points. So if I contribute more processing, I get more points. If I... That's basically it. That's like it's it's fairly simple. So what Gridcoin does is it takes the those points and it translate them translates them through some math and some techno mumbo jumbo uh, to or what's it called techno babble to um, money essentially to cryptocurrency. So it's real value for your fake points. So if I what that boils down to at the end of the day is it, the more computations. Uh, the, the the more computing power I give to Boink projects, the more money I make. So in a phrase, we are incentivizing distributed computing on the uh, infrastructure, on the Boink infrastructure. We are incentivizing distributed computing on the Boink infrastructure. 
that is the core of Gridcoin. That's how it started, uh, and that's how it will always remain. So that is a fairly big thing, because when you think about the way the world works right now, you have to ask the question, how is money made and who does it go to first? Because whoever gets the money first really gets to define how the economy that everyone else lives by functions. So to answer those questions, money is made at a, at a central bank, essentially, and it is given to banks. And then those banks loan it into the economy. Uh, and we can see this failing magnificently right now and over the past several years. Money is made over the last several years at insane numbers. And it has been given to banks. And then those banks have loaned it out to companies. And what do those companies do with it? They buy their own stock. That's the economy right now. It makes zero sense. But that is why the stock's going crazy, right? They're, they're just using the money that comes out of the printer press and shoving it into their own company's uh, valuation through assets. So if it were a little different, and this could happen right now, you know, all that would have to change to, to make the economy function in a rational way is, okay, print the money and then give it to people who do stuff, right? Either employ people, give it to, to small businesses so they can continue to employ people. And they tried to do this with the PPE, but it, it or PPP, but it doesn't really work. Uh, so it that's the concept we're playing with right here. With Gridcoin, we take the money, the money is printed not by a central bank, but by a set of computer code. And we'll get into that in a little bit. But it it, it is then that essentially means no one is controlling it. It's printed based on math. So math creates money, and that money is distributed to people who do science. So people who do science in this day and age are people who are um, passionate about discovering stuff or, or math or about humanity or about health or, or to use cancer as a, uh, 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 an example here. If you or a loved one is affected by cancer, you immediately want to figure out how to make no one else ever have to go through that shit ever again because it destroys it's a very hard thing to go through uh so th those are the people who are attracted to science so if we give those people money from the printing press it is very likely that that money is then going to enter the economy through a kind of a rational humanitarian means and there's more we can build on that so we're not basing that on assumptions but building on that is going to take multiple years uh but We'll maybe talk about that at the end of this episode. So that is Gridcoin, I'm pretty sure. We mint a currency. We give it to scientists. Uh, well, we give it to science enthusiasts who are volunteering their computation to uh, distributed computing uh, platform or distributed computing projects on the platform Boink. Boink, again, the Berkeley Open Infrastructure for Network Computing. It's been around forever. It's a very large project. It was developed out of Berkeley. Who would have thought, right? Um, and on, in that network, in the Boink network, there are universities from around the world. I'd, off the top of the head, Wisconsin, University of Wisconsin. Uh, we got Purdue. We got Max Planck. Uh, we've got CERN is in there. IBM is involved. So not just universities, but uh, companies and corporations. Um, I, I don't know. If you guys just throw stuff into the chat, I will just throw it into me talking at some point if you know where projects are from. No looking it up either. No cheating. Um, but again, it's also just run by people out of their closet too, which is really cool. Uh, as an aside, one of my favorite projects is called Goofy X Grid, and it's dealing with the problem of 
well, if you trap a bunch of monkeys in a room with typewriters in it, are they ever going to randomly type out the complete works of Shakespeare? You can figure that out on Boink. It's freaking awesome, right? So you can... Oh, man. All right, sorry. Um, so what else? That is the core of Gridcoin. And like I said, it is a protocol and a ledger. So let's see. This goes to how that money is printed in the first place. All right, so Gridcoin is also, it's a currency. I just described the currency and kind of the economy part of it. And the currency and economy is based off this blockchain technology, which is a protocol and a ledger. A protocol is, everyone knows a protocol. They exist everywhere. Like you must do X, then Y, then Z. If X, then Y, if Z, then A, right? But this protocol is put in code, computer code, so it can run without any human inter, uh, intervention. Uh, that is pretty cool because the protocol is running an economy. Uh, so that means that once someone puts into code how much grid coin there will ever be in circulation, that never changes. Now, of course, for tech heads, for the people in the space, yes, it can change. But for most people just getting into this space, it's never going to change. The inflation rate is never going to change. It doesn't change on a whim. Let's put it that way. It takes a long process through what's called the debate of the commons uh, to change the economic protocol. Um, so things we could change are like how much grid coin gets sent to people doing computations, how much gets sent to miners. Miners are a very technical concept we may or may not hit on today. Um, so uh, how much grid coin is minted every year and maybe in the future, how much grid coin is sent to people through a grant system that maybe we develop, how much grid coin is sent from the protocol to a publisher for publishing scientific articles. Maybe if you publish a scientific article and it's good, like we have to figure out what, how to define what good is, right? And that will likely depend on something called a web of trust, which we will talk about in a future episode. Uh, but the, it, maybe if you, develop, if you publish a good article on the Gridcoin ledger, uh, then you get money out of the protocol. And the ledger is the blockchain part. This blockchain technology is insanely cool. If you think about ledgers, we use them every day. Polling is a ledger. When you vote, you are submitting a vote to a central authority who then keeps track of everything. That's all a ledger is. So your bank is a ledger manager. That's all banks do. They manage ledgers. It's, <laughs> sorry, my hate of banks, my disdain for banks coming out a little bit, trying to hold it back. Uh, so if we have these central ledger management entities and we put that, um, that that capability, the capability to manage a ledger into a protocol that requires no one to manage it. How cool is that? We've just made the world we live in a thousand times more efficient. We've taken out a thousand middlemen for every one thing we do. Uh, we no longer need banks to manage our savings. We no longer need banks to set interest rates. We no longer need banks to give out loans and to vet people and to, to do all these things that banks do, we can now do it because we have a way to manage a ledger, which is another way to, to say a ledger is it's a system of trust. Uh, we now have a set of computer code that is verified by tens of thousands of people constantly evolving and changing and better ideas are coming in as bad ideas leave. Again, through that process known as the debate of the commons, uh, we have that. And that's what Gridcoin, that's the technology 
Gridcoin is built on. There are thousands. I don't think we've broken 10,000 yet, but there are thousands of cryptocurrencies, some of which still exist, most of which have died. Gridcoin is one of the earliest. So just to put this into perspective, Bitcoin, the code was released on, I think it was Halloween 2008. The first block was mined January, oh, it's like 7th or 11th, 2009. And then there were a bunch of experiments, really cool experience, uh, like Namecoin that were playing with DNS stuff in 2011. And then there was a, a crypto boom, a blockchain boom in 2013 and 14. All of a sudden, people started making different blockchains left and right. All they would do is change a couple of variables. A couple of them were experimenting with some really cool stuff like Ethereum and smart contracts. Uh, but the the thing with open source, which is what Bitcoin was, is that and, and open source being that anyone can read the code and do whatever the hell they want to it and make their own, is that anyone can now make their own economy because these protocols are economies. They're open economic protocols. So what our progenitors did is they created, they forked, um, what are we a fork of? PrimeCoin? No, not PrimeCoin, PeerCoin. We're a fork of PeerCoin, which is cryptocurrency, I think from 2011, I think it's from that cycle. Um, and we, our progenitors forked that economy and made a different one with the idea of incentivizing scientists instead of incentivizing what are called miners. And again, we might not fully describe what those are, but they're, they're, it's the way the, the ledger is maintained and made trustless. Uh, yes, we were forked off black coin, which was a fork of pure coin. Um, so uh, that happened in 2013 in October, I think it's 11th, October 11th. And uh, yeah, so that, that was early in the altcoin boom. So that we were one of the, First of the altcoin boom, and we were top 50, first 50 of like blockchains in general. Uh, and we have been alive since then. The vast, vast majority of any coin that came out in 2013, it has long died, long been dead. There's no one working on the project. There's no one using the currency. There's no one using the ledger because the ledger maintains nothing of value. And we'll talk about what that means in a little bit. But we at Gridcoin have been going along for seven years now holy shit it's our birthday soon next month uh so what does that say that says that the idea of our economy is sustainable even without good technology our technology was excuse the language shit until like two days ago so <laughs> even with very very flawed technology which is just poorly written computer code, poorly thought out uh, rules in the algorithm, and um, a lot of what is called spaghetti code. Uh, even with those flaws, our network, which is also what we are, continued, it persisted. It, it survived two bear markets. That's insane. Um, so that says the idea that Gridcoin is operating on should work. Uh, we just need to make it work. Um, now, where was I? <laughs> so that's a little bit of Gridcoin's history. Uh, between 2014, you know, we shifted our protocol a little bit. Uh, between 2014 and now, it was really a lot of patchwork trying to fix the code. And then two amazing uh, developers, Jim and SciSci, came in and said, you can't fix this code. We're going to rewrite the whole thing. Uh, so they did. And that's where we are now with Gridcoin 5.0. So Gridcoin is a protocol. Gridcoin is a ledger. Gridcoin is a currency. Gridcoin is an open economic network. 
network just meaning there's the technical side of the network, which is how blockchains work, which I'm really trying not to explain in this episode because I want to do the ideas. Um, and it's a community, and the community is the thing that the that persisted all these years because we are built on top of Boink, and Boink is never going away uh, as long as they keep their shit together, right? Uh, the other aspect of the network is we have people here who run very large companies. We have people here who spend the entire day in their basement doing fun computer things. We have people here who are going to school. We have people here who are uh, doing PhDs. We have people here who are just, you know regular folks have a day job go do whatever and, and come home to their family and, and it, that is our network we have people who run universities we have people who have published many many articles our network is wide and it is uh sustainable because people can get behind science because we are the passionate people who like to make the world better who want to try to make it better and what gridcoin has done here is used incentive to make other people, to force other people to make the world better. Let me explain that. So greed is a thing that exists in the human condition. I hope at this point in uh, society, we can all accept that, right? There is such a thing as an excess of greed, and there is such a thing as a lack of greed. If you don't have greed, you die. That's it. There is no such thing as altruism. There is varying degrees of greed. Uh, when we have a society in which we live right now, in the West at least, in the United States, where I'm from, uh, we have a society which amplifies greed, which says the greediest are going to get the most power. They're going to get to the top. They're going to get the most money. doesn't matter how you make the money, how your greed expresses itself. So long as you are greedier than the person next to you, you're going to do better. This is like That's basically the world we live in. There are limits. Like You can't openly just kill someone you can't openly commit fraud but come on like you're telling me there's not fraud in our society at a massive level no so what bitcoin did when it created this technology this blockchain technology it said we're going to use greed we're going to use it we're going to acknowledge it and use it instead of saying let's get rid of greed because that's impossible and kind of naive we're going to say it exists let's use it so we're going to use greed to in to get people to perform a public service a public service in this respect you can think of as voting voting is a public service i perform the action and my action benefits everyone involved in that system so when you secure one of these blockchain ledgers you are performing a public service because you are making sure that the data on that ledger does not disappear you're also making sure that that economic protocol does not disappear so what bitcoin said is if you want to make money you must help secure this ledger if you help secure this ledger, you will make money. The more you secure this ledger, the more money you will make. If you try to break the system, what did it do? You can't freaking say that, right? There is no if statement where if you try to break the system. What it did was say, we're going to make a game system where it is vastly more expensive to try to break the system than it would be to simply play by the rules. So what's happening? People have been playing by the rules for over 10 years now. Bitcoin has never it faltered in like the first month or something. But since then, it has never failed. The Bitcoin ledger is worth some billions of dollars right now. And that's the incentive for someone to hack that ledger to get that money. But it's so expensive to try to hack that ledger that people would rather just play by the rules. Who knows? Maybe someone will hack it in the future. 
But so far, it has worked brilliantly. So what Gridcoin did is it took that concept that Bitcoin in, in, like just put out in the world for anyone to play with. Just freaking God bless you, Bitcoin. Um, it took that concept and um, said, okay, if you want to make money, you are greedy. If you want to make money, do science. The more science you do, the more money you'll make. There you go. Like it's, that's, that's it. So we now, as a group, useful work. Some Someone's put in the chat here, useful work. It is, I don't necessarily like that term. That's a term that a lot of crypto folks will say, but I don't like that term because like I said, securing a ledger is a public service. It's very useful. It's a vastly useful thing. Uh, so the uh, what we've done though, is we, we also incentivize people to secure the ledger. But we'll talk about that in a separate episode because our main differentiation between us and everyone else in the crypto space is that we also incentivize people to do science. So the greedier you, the more money you want you want to make, the more science you're going to have to do. What that means is that the greediest of us are going to benefit the most of us because if I want to be a billionaire, I'm going to have to end up improving the lives of everyone around me because that, like we said at the beginning is what science does. It's the only thing that humans have really ever done that improves the lives of everyone. So I think that's one reason why we're still around, even with shit code for, for like five or six years, uh, because people intuitively at least understand that. And we're fighting for something that is worthwhile. Uh, and we have taken this technology, this open economic protocols technology, and given it to science. So that, that, that's kind of the core principle. Now, what, there, there's one other part of Gridcoin uh, that I haven't described yet in full, and that's the ledger. So the other aspect that I haven't described yet is the Gridcoin ledger. And this ledger, to go back to Bitcoin, is a ledger of transactions. So Bitcoin is replacing the banks, right? That's the simplest way to think about it. Anything a bank does, Bitcoin can do better and without the central authority there. So without a CEO making millions of dollars while paying his lowest employee like $10 an hour, everyone is, it's a fairer system. Uh, so in the Bitcoin ledger, they're tracking money. If I send money to you, it gets put on the ledger. Anyone can see it. They don't see who's sending what to, who, who's sending, who the people are. They don't see the sender or the recipient, but they see five Bitcoin was sent from, wallet A to wallet B. Uh, and there's a lot of fun technical stuff involved in that process, but we won't get into it. Uh, so that is all Bitcoin does for now. They will probably integrate all, if not many, of altcoins utility in the future, but that's going to take a very long time. Um, so if a blockchain is a ledger and the ledger is data, a transaction is just data, it's digital bits, it's information and data. What else can you put on a ledger? Well, this other coin you may have heard of called Ethereum said, well, we can put, we can make our transactions be a little more complicated. We can put if then else statements in our transaction and call it a smart contract. If I agree to this contract, I lock up, I give you five Ethereum, but that five Ethereum is held in escrow and that escrow is just the algorithm. It's the computer code. It's not a bank. Again, no banks in this system. And then it's held in escrow. And then if I perform action A, B, and C, and you sign off on it, 
the five Bitcoin is then sent to you or five Ethereum is then sent to you. So that's a smart contract, essentially. Any contract put into computer code and taking the middleman out. Uh, now, what else could we put in ledgers? Uh, there is another community I work with called Library, and they put what are called pointers into the ledger. Uh, and, and they run on top of a peer-to-peer um, -a -peer file transfer system. So like Bit or BitTorrent or the Pirate Bay or something like that, right? Uh, that pointers are very interesting concepts, particularly for the scientific world, when we'll get there a little bit. But basically, they just tell uh, the user where data is in the network and then fetch it for them. Uh, so if you run a blockchain full of pointers on top of a P2P file transfer system, you have a decentralized file hosting system. You host a file, people download it and seed it, there are peers, etc. And then the blockchain holds all the information that helps you find the stuff. So you don't need the Pirate Bay anymore. Um, what else could we put in a ledger? Essentially anything. Like, let's just get to it. Everything is data. You can put it in there. You can even get super philosophical with it. You can put a human brain on the blockchain. But, like, come on. That's extreme. We're not extremists here. <laughs> so, <laughs> so with science, what could we, with Gridcoin, what could we put on our ledger? Uh Gridcoin assets. I like that term. Nice one. Uh, well, one of the simplest things is uh, here is a a uh, what is it, an anecdotal. Here's a story to help you sort of visualize what we could do with the Gridcoin blockchain. Recently, it was discovered that I think it was 84 publications, like full journals, open access online journals, have completely vanished. They disappeared. You can't get the science that was published by those journals anymore. We as humans are going to have to redo all those experiments. And I'm sure there was at least one or two really cool groundbreaking ones that could have helped us solve COVID or something, right? The reason those journals disappeared is because they were held in centralized servers. The company that ran the journal held all the data on their own ledger in a computer somewhere, and they shut it off. Gone. It's just gone. So sad. <laughs> so with Gridcoin, what if we developed a way to host uh, scientific articles on the ledger? Maybe we partner with Library, who's kind of already figured it out. Uh, and, and we develop a pointer system to help people find the journal. That means that I do my research, I write the journal, I publish it onto the blockchain, which means I put it out onto the network which means people on the network, and there are thousands of them, and one day maybe hundreds of thousands, hopefully, uh, will download the journal and also host it. So if my computer goes down and I lose it on my computer, it's on 100,000 computers around the world. The science has not been lost. And then we use the blockchain to discover it wherever it is when I would need to download it again so I can get it back. That's awesome. That's great. All right. Now, tie that concept. There's a lot of stuff we can do with that, by the way. But tie that concept to the incentive concept I described earlier. What if I publish a journal, 100,000 people download it, and then we measure some metrics? That, that sounds simple. That's the very complicated part, actually, finding out what metrics to measure. But let's say we figure it out, and it's going to take many years to do it. Uh, but we measure the metrics, and then I get paid from the protocol based on how, quote unquote, good my article is, whether it's used a lot in other articles, 
I hate saying that because I personally don't like the citation system that currently exists in the scientific world, but there are, that's the one metric I'm familiar with. So let's just say that. Let's say it's cited a lot. So I get paid more. I get paid maybe monthly based on how much is cited per month. And there's a lot of issues with this. I know guys don't fight me right now. We can fight about it in a different episode when we're talking about the details of how we could actually implement this. But that is an idea that we could do with Gridcoin. Uh, Gregor here, before we move on to the next thing I was going to bring up, Gregor does mention that open data is something uh, to support. And that's essentially what I just described. All right. So another really cool part of the scientific system that we can improve with the Grincoin ledger has to do with funding science. Uh, if we think about how science is funded right now, I don't have a story for this, but uh, it, it's the same concept as before. There is a entity, let's call it NSF, and full disclosure, I love NSF, but let's let's call it NSF, That uh, and this entity takes money in from many different nodes, many different people, essentially, through taxes, and then distributes it to scientists. So it is a central authority that manages money redistribution. Uh, that central authority can be politicized. Uh, again, I love NSF, NSF. Here it's failings. It can be politicized. It is run by a very small subset of people. These people go through an expertise system or a system of expertise and uh, accreditation that often will, at the end of the day, leave very disconnected from reality. Uh, so they, uh, you see this a lot in politics. Politicians are the easiest to see this in. A lot of times, politicians have no idea what their average person is going through because they live in a bubble. That bubble exists in the scientific world as well. There is no denying it. There is, we can argue about to what extreme it exists, whether it's good or bad. But in my eyes, clearly, it's bad. Uh, so this, this entity, the central money redistribution entity, can be politicized. Uh, it can um, uh, is run by a very few number of people. These people live in a bubble and are trained in a bubble. Uh, the people change often. So you could see this in NASA. Actually, if you're working, if you have a head of NASA working on a project that's going to take 20, 30 years, and then leadership changes, the project's done. Huge waste of money. That's it's like that's annoying. Right. <laughs> so uh, and a lot a lot of the times the reason that a project ends is for political reasons, like to use COVID as a very uh, uh, an example on everyone's mind. You know, we really should test people often and all the scientists say it, but we don't do it because of political purposes. It is against the administration's best interest to test a lot of people. And that administration has said it outright, which is very, very relieving to be able to just quote like the, the guy who's in charge who said it. All right, so those are the failings of NSF. Could Gridcoin and a blockchain improve that system? Uh, I think the answer is yes. And here's how it might work. And here, I think no matter how we implement this system, I think it is something that Gridcoin might want to focus on over the next couple of years. Uh, so what we need to, NSF takes money in, distributes it to scientists. Those scientists pitch their ideas to NSF. NSF decides who's good. That's what we need to replace. So we don't really need to take money in. We could use a uh, budget system, a taxation system of sorts, or we could just print money directly from the protocol and distribute it directly to scientists and let those scientists inject currency into the economy. 
that would be what one person in the gridcoin community has deemed an economy based on science that's really cool i think that's what the direction we should go so what that would mean is uh we have a essentially a a, a Either we have this thing called a web of trust, which is no one's managed to pull off yet, or we have a committee that oversees scientific um, articles, scientific requests, scientific proposals. And that committee could be one person, could be five people, could be 10 people, could be 100 people, could be 1,000 people, it could be 10,000 people, could be 100,000 people, it could be the entire network. That's what's so cool about this technology. So we have this committee that takes in proposals and allocates funds based on which proposal it likes the best. So it can allocate the funds in many different ways. Here are a couple examples. It could choose one proposal out of every proposal. One proposal a month gets all the funding that's allocated to grants from the protocol for that month. So let's say the protocol mints 100,000 grid coin. This is just a random number. 100,000 grid coin for scientific grants, for scientific proposals. Uh, the committee could choose, and it, it, it uh, mints 100,000 grid coin a month for scientific proposals. The committee could choose one proposal a month to give 100,000 grid coin. It could, give, it could choose three proposals a month. It gives the first place uh, 60,000, second place 30,000, third place 10,000 GRC. And it could do that into infinity, right? Just scale that out however you want. Or it could fund every single proposal that reaches a minimum threshold. So let's say the committee is 100,000 people and the minimum threshold is you need to get 10,000 votes on your proposal to get funding. Uh, so I put a proposal out, it only gets 9,000 votes this month. I don't get funded that month. I have to try again next month. Let's say I put a proposal out, it gets... 10,001 votes. I get money. The amount of money I get depends on how many other proposals get over 10,000 GRC and by how much more. So let's say, or 10, over 10,000 votes and by how much more. Let's say I get 10,001 votes for my proposal. There are another 100 proposals and they all get like 50,000 votes. They're probably going to split a large portion of that funding and I'm going to get a very little bit. All right. So you might be able to see the math that would be involved in this type of system. It would be a scale of some sort where if you if you suck up all the votes of the network, if your proposal is very much, if people support your proposal a lot, you're going to get the majority of, of the funding. If there are a bunch of proposals that are all supported equally, they're essentially going to split the pot. Uh, it, that is one way we can do a grant system. So what else could we put in this ledger? Oh, and the cool thing is in the ledger would be a record of all the grants that we've given out. And like then you would be able to tie your publications to the grant so you could actually track money in science out and have that as a metric and be able to measure how good your network is doing in terms of creating good science. Um, oh, geez. We're not going to have time to cover everything I want to cover. So I'm just going to touch on a couple of the other really cool things that Gridcoin can do, uh, or already does, just with a simple incentive mechanism. Uh, for example, we can incentivize other distributed computing platforms. We can incentivize Folding at Home, which I mentioned earlier, which is a very specialized, wonderful distributed computing platform. Uh, we could incentivize distributed.net. We could incentivize any future 
distributed computing platform that comes up because there will be more because distributed computing is very valuable. Uh, there are governments who are now putting in tons and tons of money in distributed computing development, including the US government. I think it was NSF just put out a call for uh, pre-proposals or something like that. And they're like, tell us what you want to do if we maybe accept your proposal. <laughs> so uh, I think those run until 2022 or something, but I'm just pulling that year out of my ass. So I don't really know. Um, we can, one of the things that our incentives does, and I mentioned this a little earlier. Um, okay, Smo also mentions that it's not only comp computation. We can use our mechanisms, which are pretty cool, in our, in our, we can use our technology to uh, incentivize other things outside of distributed computing too. He uses something like Galaxy Zoo. I know Delta, uh, another community member here, uses Zooniverse a lot. Uh, Foldit is a great one. Uh, so we can do stuff like that. Manual processes are a little harder because you depend, well, we won't get into that, but entirely possible. Uh, one of the side effects of our incentive protocol, and this ties into what I said earlier about Boink's sort of, it's an unintentional incentive protocol that Boink has, that protocol being the permissionless aspect of the system. When I created a project, I need to convince a lot of people that my science is worthwhile, so they give me their computation power. So what Gridcoin does is it can't, because Boink is permissionless, the Gridcoin protocol can't just start rewarding every Boink project that pops up. If that were the case, it would be very easy to just attack the system, and we would also be rewarding really weird stuff. We could be rewarding people who are using Boink to hack people, right? So what Gridcoin has done is developed a, an approved list of a list of approved Boink projects. And in order, and these are the projects that our protocol will incentivize. So there's 38-ish Boink projects, and I think we incentivize 20 some odd. So if you're crunching one of the 20 some odd approved Boink projects, you get GRC for your, uh, for your crunching. Now what that does is that further incentivizes Boink projects to educate people as to the value of their science. Because the fact of the matter, also is <laughs> that uh, people who contribute to Boink often will just crunch projects because it's fun. But if you want to get rewarded with GRC, if you want your project to be incentivized by GRC, you're going to have to convince the Gridcoin network, which is a network of thousands of people, uh, that your science is worthwhile and it deserves to be incentivized. Uh, that creates something called the continuity of knowledge. So we create a system where the scientist either learns how to communicate or hires a science communicator and educates people. And once they do that, because people want money, which is fine, people are greedy. We already acknowledge this. So you have greedy people who know nothing about science taking part in a system that gets them money. And the more they know about science, the more money they're gonna make. Because at the end of the day, if the Gridcoin network um, approves a project that is bullshit, that's bad science, or is illegal in some way, it harms the value of Gridcoin. Therefore, their, whole, their, their money goes down. They just lost wealth. So they're a greedy person. They're not going to let that happen. They're going to learn science and try their best to understand what it is they're whitelisting. Uh, so what just happened in that process? A scientist employed someone, a science communicator, to educate someone who is not a scientist, and that person is now walking away with a greater understanding of science. 
They have uh, greater science literacy. They have a greater just understanding of science. They are then going to pass that along to whoever they talk to. It creates a continuity of knowledge. Uh, through in- and it incentivizes education. It creates a lot of stuff. It's a really cool like side effect that I don't think was intentional when Gridcoin uh, was created, but I think it's something that once recognized can be amplified. We might be able to play with that and, and make it even better than what it is right now. Um, what else? Oh, oh, here's something that Boink does by itself. It includes people in the scientific process. Anyone listening to this likes science or they're greedy and they're going to be willing to learn about science to, to get money, right? They're, they're not anti-vaxxers is what I'm saying. So when you are approached with an, a flat earther or an anti-vaxxer or a science denier, the problem often is that they are so disconnected from the world of science that they don't... and. and and these scientists, these quote-unquote experts, live in such a big bubble that the person who's disconnected from science doesn't trust the person in the bubble. And it's very understandable why. Uh, if I did not have a scientific uh, childhood, I am pretty sure I would not trust a scientist. They're, the bubble, this is a little bit of me leaking into this, but the bubble is so extreme that we've created anti-vaxxers. Anti-vaxxers didn't just happen. They came about because of scientists. There's some responsibility that needs to be taken there. But if we bring these people into the scientific process, they are going to get that science literacy I'm talking about before, and they're going to be able to understand at least a little bit about what this expert does in a lab and why they're an expert. They will understand that going to school for like eight, 10, 12 years, you have to do that to understand this stuff because it's very, very complicated. They don't understand why someone would go to school for so long because they don't understand how complicated it is because they're so disconnected from science. So bring them into science, make them part of the discovery process. So first of all, they'll get that science literacy, they'll be part of that process. And at the end of the day, when a drug is discovered through one of these medical projects or when a pulsar is discovered or when something is discovered through one of these distributed computing projects that they participated in, they feel proud. They get to say, I helped discover that. And pride is the hardest thing to take away from someone. So if you give them that and tie it to science, no more anti-vaxxers. Bravo. <laughs> so the science inclusion is a huge thing. Um, Open science is another part of it. So when you have the science inclusion concept you and, and tie that concept to the fact that Boink is a permissionless system and anyone with a laptop can create a Boink project for $0, essentially, probably like $15. Uh, anyone can do science now. There's a lot of danger with that, I understand. Uh, like if you just look at biohacking, something's going to go wrong eventually with that. But also, there's a lot of danger with having a closed scientific system. I would argue there's much more danger between have or by you create more danger by having a closed scientific system because you force people to go underground. You keep people out of the scientific system so they become anti-vaxxers. It is much better to acknowledge that people are going to do this, just like greed, and build a system that incorporates it. Build a system around it. Say biohackers exist okay how can we make it less likely to fail uh or go wrong uh because in the current system 
it's going to go wrong because no one's supporting these guys with a scientific background. Um, so with an open scientific system, anyone can really get access to that. They can get an education, uh, whether they're autodidactic or not. They can meet educators. They can get interested in some some weird stuff. I know just like personally, I like there's, there's so many Boeing projects, man. They're on a lot of different subjects. I If I'm going to crunch a project, I learn a little bit about what I'm doing. I've learned about like golem rules rulers and how they they're used for uh satellites like positioning satellites um i've learned a lot about prime numbers and how important they actually are <laughs> like a lot of it is math uh i've learned a lot about uh biology protein folding and from that stuff people will like if it's a kid doing it they will find their career maybe out of this because it's open it's not closed you don't need to come from a privileged background to be exposed to biology and astronomy <laughs> uh, i almost said astrology <laughs> and uh, uh like chemistry you don't need a, a privileged background to be exposed to that stuff anyone can get exposed to it essentially you do need an internet connection and all that stuff and that speaks to other social ills that we can't deal with with boink but can't fix everything at once right um so that's the open science aspect now i mentioned on if it was a kid here's something really cool you can do with boink and it has been done before it was done by a project um world community grid which is the project run by ibm uh you can get boink into schools how neat is that you can Schools are basically giant computers, right? You have computers in every room, you have computer labs, and a lot of the times they're doing nothing. Uh, so get Boink on all those machines around the world, and there's tons of just idle processing potential. There's a lot of idle machines that are capable of doing processing when they're idle. Uh, get Boink on those machines. Okay, I have Boink on my machines. It now costs me money to run this stuff. Great. Crunch projects that are Gridcoin approved, that are incentivized by Gridcoin, you're going to make that money back. Now you're at least crunching for free. At the current Gridcoin price, I know people in this community understand that you make a little bit back. It's still mostly a project of passion. But if we succeed and Gridcoin becomes a viable currency, a viable network, there is no reason why we can't develop a, an economy that brings more value in than you put out through electricity. So if you get boink in cool in schools you're teaching science to people at a very young age you're getting them directly involved in the scientific process at a very young age what world community grid did is they had the students compete against the the teachers uh and tried to figure out who could crunch more and the winner i don't know they got something but that's a fun little thing you can do from freaking primary school why not to um to, to high school, to colleges, to whatever. The reason you can do it in uh, primary schools is because a lot of these projects have visualizations that are just really pretty and kind of describe what's going on. So like you show it to a kid and you'll be like, oh yeah, this is whatever. You can use it. They're not really they're primary kids. You know what I'm talking about. Smo, I circled around to your comment that I missed and I will read your comment anyway. The education and investment of volunteer time and energy for some greater good is only required as long as the, as Gridcoin does not return that investment. If the if Gridcoin aspires to a larger user base, then there should not be any need for the education, but the value of the coin will be the incentive. Exactly. If we build a strong enough network and economy with the right rules and the right network, the value of the coin will bring in greedy people and those greedy people will become educated and the uh educated as science they'll become more science literate 
and the people who use Gridcoin to do science will get money out of it and make profit. It will be, it's a wonderful thing. There is, at the end of the day, there's no such thing as altruism. Show me one volunteer project that continues to exist. And I will show you 500 projects that started as volunteer and then almost died and then turned into profit-based because there is no way to run a purely altruistic project. Linux is a really big example. Who funds Linux? Hey, you can Google that, listener. So uh, to wrap this up then, uh, I will say that we're going to go much deeper into a lot of these concepts and a lot of the technology behind them in future episodes. So definitely join us every Friday at 3.30 p.m. Uh, for a discussion. You're welcome to join. I talked for the entire one this time. There were a lot of people talking about stuff in chat too. That's really interesting. Uh, but in the future, you're very, very welcome to come in with questions or, or thoughts of your own and, and ideas of where we should go with Gridcoin. Uh, you are in fact encouraged and invited to do this because my voice gets tired and because I like hearing other people's thoughts. And the reason you're encouraged and invited to do this also is because we Gridcoin, along with many blockchains and specifically permissionless blockchains, uh, which are just open source, are run and evolve and develop based on the concept that I've described several times called the debate of the commons. That means that there is no CEO, there is no CTO, there is no CFO, there is no boss, there is no uh, code monkey, there is no freaking marketing crew, there is no whatever, there's no hierarchy. What there is, is a group of people. There's the bazaar, there's a group of people, there's the town square, there's a group of people. There's the concert. There's the whatever you want to call it. It's a group of people. Some stay for a long time. Some come and go. Some go, then come back. G-Bell, it's good to see you, buddy. <laughs> but these group of people uh, talk about things. They talk about ideas. They work it out. They, they figure out which way to go. And this blockchain technology in its implementation created a way for things to move forward from the commons. In the past, you probably needed a hierarchical system to really move things forward at a rapid pace. You don't need that anymore because of the technology we are working on top of. Not Boink, but Gridcoin, but the blockchain. The blockchain concepts are really, really cool. They are groundbreaking. They are cooler than the internet. Oh my God, he said it. Uh, don't shoot me. They have to do with economics. They have to do with development. They have to do with power. They have to do with organization. They are new. It's a new way to organize. Uh, <laughs> Random Daz says the code monkey ran away to work with uh, Goofy XGrid, the Shakespeare typewriter project. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so when I said at the beginning of the spiel about the, the debate of the commons, there are no those people. What I really meant to say is there are 10,000 CEOs, there are 10,000 CTOs, there are 10,000 CFOs, there are 10,000 code monkeys, there are 10,000 marketers, there are 10,000 random does in the basement, there are 10,000, there's everyone here. 
from all walks of life, all backgrounds. We must work together and move forward as a network. And, and that's how these things operate. So in order to operate well and efficiently and smoothly, people need to be okay uh, and, and feel comfortable sharing their ideas, being told your idea is not going to work. Although if you are going to tell someone your idea is not going to work, try to be nice about it. You don't need to be. So the other person also needs to expect that you're going to run into some people who aren't nice about this stuff. But for the most part, people need to share their thoughts and ideas. And don't be afraid if you think it's a stupid idea, because when you say something, even if it's an idea that's not going to work, it might trigger someone else to think about something else that they then say that then triggers someone else to think about something else, which then becomes the idea we use. But that process that domino effect doesn't work if people don't say anything and if i'm the one here talking every week and no one else is here sharing ideas or giving feedback right so that's why i invite you and encourage you to come back every friday 3 30 p.m eastern on the gridcoin discord server if you want to set up a different time to talk about something feel free to reach out to me and we'll sit down and record something if you want to record it um, i am very open to uh, helping gridcoin and making this thing move forward so Final thing here, the um, I'm also organizing the virtual Boink workshop, uh, which is we're moving forward. We just sent out the first round of emails to people who volunteered by going to boinkworkshop.org and filling out the form. Uh, you can still go to boinkworkshop.org, read it, and fill and click one of the links that will bring you to a form to fill out. You can still fill that out, and we will get back to you. But this is something I'm very excited about. Uh, it's being put together by myself and Matt from Grid Republic. Uh, and we are looking specifically for uh, people to help with logistics, people to help with the technical side of thing, things like building websites and graphics. We, we very, very much need graphics people. Uh, if you want to do animations, if you can do animations, oh man, we, we have stuff you can do. And uh, it for now, it's volunteer work. We're going to discuss maybe finding some way to pay people uh, for some work they do specifically that uh, hard work like animation work and um, graphics work and website design and stuff like that. But for now it's volunteer work. Still come on in. It's a, we got over 20 people who I hope are all going to be able to sit down and talk to each other next week. Uh, and they're all really, they seem very interesting. Uh, I think we're going to pull it off and it's going to be really cool. So do come help put that together. Again, it's boinkworkshop.org. Um, yeah, check it out. Otherwise, I'll see everyone else in 15 minutes on the Boink Network Discord for the Boink Radio. Eh? <laughs> Have a good weekend, everyone, and happy crunching.